everybody it's monday and as per usual you have been assigned to class today we'll be talking about neonatal jaundice this is a really really important topic actually i put it in all, all versions of the quick facts so if you have this version of quick facts if you have this version of quick facts the newest version you will find this topic um hyperbilirubinemia for um, for today's topic. So once again, this is something that you should be very familiar with if you are preparing for NCLEX. If you have the next gen version of Quick Facts, you can read this on page 40. You can read this on page 40. So during this lecture, if I say anything that you haven't taken hold of or um, you want to write or add to Quick Facts, please do so. All right. Thank you. It's good to see everybody. You are assigned here. I believe that God has everyone on this broadcast watching for a specific purpose on today. So know that you are definitely in the right place. And I'm happy to have you here. If it's your first time, my name is Regina Callion. I am the number one NCLEX instructor on the planet. I have the best nursing students here at Remar. Hi, everybody. Hey, guess what? We are just, whew, is it a week away from Remar Nurse University? The schedule is out, okay? The schedule is out. We'll be starting this on next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, if you have not signed up, it is not too late to do so. Uh, the website to sign up is remarnurse.com forward slash R in you. Make sure you sign up for that because the workbook will be going out on Wednesday. And I'm just going to do just, this is my RNU segment. For those of you who don't know about Remar Nurse University, this is going to be my free next-gen NCLEX review. And I heard somebody saying, I, on one of my Facebook posts, uh, a, a person commented and said, hey, you should come to this. And the person responded back, I'm already doing an NCLEX review. And I just want to point out that my next-gen NCLEX reviews don't look like any NCLEX reviews I've ever seen, okay? So it would be who of you to come. Now, this is the schedule. It'll be every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern time. The sessions will be about an hour or so. So I sent out the schedule if you signed up for it. This is session number one, our very first week this is what I'm doing. It is very similar to how I did seven days of NCLEX. We're getting patients every week. Your patient is going to come. Your first patient is Myra Keller. Okay, and I'm sending this out on Wednesday just so you guys know. We're going to look at medications. We're going to look at labs. We're going to look at vital signs. This is how you prepare for next-gen NCLEX. It is clinical judgment. Okay, so when I tell you guys sign up for this review because you're not doing this anywhere else, you're not. Um, and so I want you guys to have a different perspective of how you approach your NCLEX questions. It's going to be so much easier. So again, this is how I'm preparing um, for Remar Nurse University. So I'll make sure that you come to that. All right, and this is just day one. We're going to get those workbooks out to you on Wednesday. So winning Wednesday everybody should have them. All right. And again, this is Remar Nurse University. Sign up for it. Sign up for it. <laughs> okay. It's a free NCLEX review. Um, and again, this is a one, I do this once a year. All right. I do this once a year. 
let's get into our topic, shall we? Okay. Uh, again, neonatal jaundice, neonatal jaundice. The, the first question that I have about this, and you can put the comments on the screen as we prepare to, um, as we prepare to transition to this topic, when you talk about jaundice, whew, is it something that we are expecting a normal, healthy baby to have? Okay. And again, I'm going to be using quick facts, all right, for NCLEX Next Gen with this topic, hyperbilirubinemia on page number 40. So a lot of the questions that I'm answering, if you don't know, you need to get this book. You need to get this book, of course, okay? All right. So yes, it's true. This is, this is a condition that we find in normal, healthy newborns. That's why it is going to probably be on your NCLEX exam, okay? Because a lot of babies will have this. So um, neonatal jaundice, also known as hyperbilirubinemia, is a disorder that causes an infant's skin to appear yellow in the first few days of life. Go ahead and tag your favorite nurse and student. <laughs> Who should be studying and who should be at this class? Many people should be at this class right now. Okay. Um, so what did I want to say about this? Okay. So we started off knowing, hello, Nigeria in the house. It's a pleasure to have you here. Um, we started off by saying, babies, get jaundice. Okay. Now, when we talk about jaundice, it is usually on a spectrum. So you could have jaundice which is just okay your baby has yellow skin yellow eyes right um or you could have it to the point where the jaundice is so bad that it's not only affecting the skin but now it's affecting the baby's ability to you know eat or stay awake right it's progressed so bad it starts affecting their brain so the answer is yes this is a condition that you see in normal newborns now we have to figure out why does this happen? And I don't want to just give you guys the answers because part of the point of you coming up to class is, is determining, do I know what I'm supposed to know, right? All right. Or is this something I need to go back and look into quick facts or, or am I pretty good with it? So just if I just asked you in general, if I just asked you in general, what is the problem with jaundice in newborns? Why do they have it? Why do a lot of babies have this? Okay. Why do a lot of babies have this? Ah, all right. <laughs> nice, nice. All the countries representing. I love to see it. I love to see it. Got all the countries here, Florida in the house. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, well, the reason is because bilirubin, because we're talking about a hyper bilirubin level. Okay, so bilirubin. Bilirubin comes from what? Yes, red blood cells. And so in newborns, when you have this breakdown of red blood cells happening, and the reason is because newborn red blood cells, they don't last as long as um, they don't last as long as adult red blood cells, right? So the red blood cells are breaking down. And when red blood cells break down, they create a breakdown of hemoglobin. We know hemoglobin. What are the two things that hemoglobin is made of? 
It's, it's literally in the name. The red blood cells break down to hemoglobin. Hemoglobin breaks down to hema and globin, right? Those two things. And then from the hemoglobin is produced the, the, the bilirubin. And so we know that the job of what organ is supposed to get rid of that bilirubin because the bilirubin is just floating around in the bloodstream. It's just cruising. It's supposed to be gone, okay? But this organ in the newborn is not, uh, it is not mature, okay? It's not mature. So the, 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 the bilirubin just gets to coast along in the, in the baby's bloodstream. In the meantime, it's turning our baby yellow, okay? All three of my kids had this. So I'm very familiar with neonatal jaundice. It's the liver. There's nothing that baby can do. The liver is just not prepared to handle all of this red blood cell destruction that's happening. The liver can't get rid of it. So the baby begins to turn yellow, okay? Good job, guys. What else did I want to say about that? Oh, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Now, it is the liver's job to get rid of the bilirubin. You guys got that. But how is it actually exiting out of the body? Does it come from the urine or does it come from the stool? Which one? What do we see? Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah, this is in five star quick facts on page 40. Exactly. This bilirubin is supposed to be, is supposed to be excreted through the stool. Okay. All right. Good job. Okay. So we have a great overview of it. Now let's get into it. So the symptoms of neonatal jaundice, now we can think about it correctly. You're going to have the yellow discoloration and one of the initial indicators of neonatal jaundice is the appearance of that, uh, that yellowness in the skin and in the eyes. It was very apparent, okay? Um, and I like that whether your baby is Caucasian, Hispanic, African-American, um, East Asian, whatever, you can see this jaundice, okay? And so that's great because then our babies can get treated uh, very quickly, Okay. Also dark, uh, dark yellow urine is also, uh, maybe a clinical indicator and pale colored stool. So those are the three symptoms. Those are the three clinical indicators. Now, like I said, jaundice can be on a spectrum. So you could have just the yellow coloring of the skin. Okay. And if you're just joining me, you're going to watch the replay of this because it is very, very, very important for you to understand how this comes about. So signs of worsening jaundice. Contact the infant's doctor if any of the following occur. So if the yellow color is noticeably below the knee, okay, appears darker, shifting from a lemon yellow. We are expecting lemon yellow color skin, right? But, um, you know, if it turns to an orange yellowish tint, or if the yellow color is really evident in the whites of the eyes, that may be a sign that you need to go see the, uh, the doctor. If your newborn produces a fever, okay? If the infant has trouble eating, if the infant is lethargic, has more difficulty being awake, or if the, if the baby is agitated, 
and it's challenging to calm a, a newborn down. We know some of the things that will calm a newborn down very quickly. You feed them, you rock them, you hold them, all right? Or if the infant makes a backward arch neck, right? Because that is going to, or body posture, that's gonna indicate that they have some irritation in the brain or in the spinal cord, right? When infants make that kind of posturing. So again, when we're talking about jaundice, we need to investigate as nurses, when did it start? What other changes is happening in the baby? Because jaundice can progress and because the newborns are really immature in their response to stress or, or trauma or diseases, they get sick very quickly. All right, some of the causes of neonatal jaundice, of course, is going to be that increased production of the rapid red cell deterioration. So hyperbilirubinemia. And again, this is, this is, this is what is going to be just a quick turnover of red blood cells. And it's more bilirubin than the liver is able to metabolize out. And so that bilirubin is just hanging around in the body. And this is something that is common. I like Rosie's comment. I like to read what you guys say in Africa, in African-American babies, you can notice the jaundice in the sclera and the palm or in the sole of the feet. Thank you so much for that comment. All right, let's get into it again. Breastfeeding. Jaundice from breast milk usually starts in the second or later weeks of life and can last for several weeks. Blood type incompatibility and rhesus disease. When the mother and baby have different types of blood, so typically the mother may have type O and the baby AB or A or B and, uh, and, through, and it is combined throughout the pregnancy or birth. In rhesus disease, fetal blood cells are attacked by antibodies in a pregnant woman's blood. Okay. So just for the purposes of NCLEX, I share with you guys um, research-based information but we are always prioritizing the NCLEX test plan. And so out of these three causes of neonatal jaundice, the number one expected for your nursing boards is going to be the hyperbilirubinemia. Okay. Hypothyroidism can also be a cause of neonatal jaundice. And again, jaundice that is severe a baby can have sepsis, which is a blood infection, bruising from a complicated delivery, elevated red, red blood cells, low levels of oxygen, or a liver disease like biliary atresia. How is the diagnosis of neonatal jaundice handled? Well, neonatal jaundice requires a physical examination. We need to determine the existence of the jaundice. So that means, is there a yellowing actually of the skin? Examine the newborn, the, the room should be well lit, okay? You're blanching the skin with digital pressure, okay? So that means you're taking your fingers, you want to see how the blanched skin looks, show the appearance of the skin's color and also the subcutaneous tissue. You could do a measure of unconjugated or indirect bilirubin. This pigment is commonly elevated in newborns with neonatal jaundice. More than likely, unconjugated or indirect bilirubin is the, is the cause, okay? That is the cause. 
conjugated or direct bilirubin. Um, in newborns, conjugated bilirubinemia is a common condition also. Most frequently, it occurs in very young newborns who have had prolonged IV nourishment and are recovering from acute re neonatal diseases. So this is specifically talking about when we get into TPN, and I tell you guys that TPN is never a long-term solution for nutrition, all right? And so that is something that we discuss in V2 that applies even in this condition, because what's the one, what's, um, what's the one thing that will be damaged if you are on TPN for long periods of time? All right, with TPN, you're getting 100% of your nutrition through the what? Through the IV, okay? And so your nutrition is not supposed to be metabolized by the liver. That's not the function of the liver, okay? Your nutrition is supposed to go through your GI tract, your stomach, your small intestine, your large intestine, okay? But when we're discussing TPN, TPN is very harmful to the liver. So newborn babies who have to be on TPN for whatever reason, they end up having liver failure. And because they have liver failure, jaundice is an issue. Okay. All right. And so this is how, this is how um, we study content together. This is how we're able to be really great nurses because we clinically can see how nursing interventions, medications, and our patient responses all go together. It's very hard to do with just a question bank, okay? This is very hard to do, to see the total picture of a clinical perspective in nursing. Very difficult to do. If, and so that's why I always stress to you guys, get in the content, get in the V2 with me, come to these classes so we can actually progress and talk through it. Even with Quick Facts, I love this book. This topic is in Quick Facts, right? But how much more do we get from uh, talking, talking about this topic together here, okay? A lot, a lot, a lot. So conjugated or direct bilirubin can be increased if, you're, if your newborn has had prolonged IV nourishment and are recovering from their acute neonatal diseases, which is something separate, okay? Um, and exactly, yes, that's a great question, Denise. And this is another reason why I love our live classes. This happens to adults who are on TPN as well. Yes, absolutely. TPN is harmful long-term to the liver. It kills the liver. So whenever somebody is started on TPN, it should be just for a short duration or you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to be dealing with liver failure issues, okay? All right, makes sense? All right, let's go back to it. Thank you for that wonderful question. Coombs test. Ah, yes. Coombs test. We typically talk about Coombs test when we are looking for blood types in comparison to baby and mom. And so when we're talking about the diagnosis of needle nail jaundice, we want to make sure that the baby is not having rhesus issues potential for rhesus issues. So this test is conducted uh, on a sample of the newborn's blood, typically in the case of a newborn who has had jaundice. 
Okay, all right. Does that make sense? So those are the diagnostic criteria. Uh, why does it kill the liver? So normally when people have questions about pathophysiology or diseases and you just have no idea what the answer is, the very first thing you should always do is try to investigate it for yourself. However, for time, um, for time's sakes here, and because we're talking about it actively, the liver is an organ that is only supposed to be naturally coming in contact with certain substances, right? So your red blood cells, yes, because your, your body makes red blood cells. So it's a natural component of your human physiology. So the liver is, is geared towards flushing that out, right? Um, but when you start to consider treatments, you have to understand that everything that we put into a patient's body is more than likely foreign and can be recognized as a poison, okay? So TPN, although it serves a function, when it hits the liver, the liver is like, what is this? It's not supposed to be here. Now I have to clean this whole system. <laughs> I have to clean everything out because TPN is here. It's the same thing with your um, with your acetaminophen, right? Patients that overdose on Tylenol, the liver takes a hit because the liver has the responsibility to clean up all of the poison that was just dumped into it. And so when we're in nursing school and we're learning about laboratory values and we're learning about the natural functioning of organs, this is the reason why. This is the reason why, because anytime you deviate from nature, anytime you deviate from anatomy or physiology, there's going to be a price to pay. And you as a nurse are getting paid for understanding the price that a patient is paying. But if you don't understand the price that a patient is paying, you're dangerous. You're dangerous to society. Okay. Yeah. That's the reason. That's it. Here we go. Let's get back into it. Okay. So the treatment for neonatal jaundice, you don't ever really treat jaundice. Jaundice is not something that you treat. So if a, if a patient comes in, whether they're a newborn or an adult, you don't treat jaundice. Okay. And I wrote that, I think in, um, in the quick facts, I think I wrote that in here. You're treating the cause of the jaundice. Cause when you treat the cause of jaundice, then you get rid of the jaundice. Does that make sense? So jaundice is never just a thing. Okay. It's always a result of something else. Did you do any QBank questions? I don't know if that's for me or not. Okay. Um, I don't, just to be clear, I don't say not do QBank questions. What I tell you guys is to do content first and then QBank questions. All right. But so when we talk about the treatment for neonatal jaundice, depending on the treatment, um, depending on the treatment options are going to be the cause of it. So phototherapy is huge. Phototherapy is what you have to know for NCLEX. It is the main treatment for babies with the unconjugated uh, hyperbilirubinemia. Okay. Putting that baby under blue, green, special light. Um, I know for us, 
we didn't have to always have phototherapy. We literally put our, our daughter under the window, right? We did that. I don't know if some of you guys uh, have, have done that, but that's what we did. We like lifted up the window, put her under the window. Um, also, another thing you can do is intravenous immunoglobulin is a protein that can be given and it will lower antibody levels. All right. And that may help the baby depending on the cause of that jaundice. If it's very serious, an exchange transfusion can be done. And what happens is with an exchange transfusion, it literally removes the infant's blood with the excessive bilirubin levels, okay? Um, and or antibody-coated red blood cells, okay? And then it's gonna be replaced with new donor blood. And so an exchange transfusion is something that is a treatment option. Shout out. All right. Good job, everybody. Thank you for coming in. Linda says, I just studied that this morning. Okay. <laughs> complications of neonatal jaundice. So two complications. When severe jaundice stays untreated for an extended period of time, I'm talking about severe jaundice here, not mild jaundice. It can lead to serious conditions, including kernicterus. Okay. And so that is high blood bilirubin levels in a newborn. And what happens is it causes a type of brain damage. Have you guys heard of this? Kernicturus. And it may result in hearing loss and athioid cerebral palsy. Okay. Kernicturus can be avoided with just early jaundice diagnosis and treatment. Another complication of severe jaundice is acute bilirubin encephalopathy. And anytime you see encephalopathy, you know we are dealing with the brain. Brain, very good. So bilirubin is toxic to brain cells. Another reason why it's very important that that bilirubin is excreted from the body. And acute bilirubin encephalopathy is a disorder that can occur in infants who have um, severe jaundice and it is caused by bilirubin entering the brain. So prompt treatment may help to prevent long-term damage, okay? May help to prevent long-term damage. So those are the two, kernicturus and acute bilirubin mm, encephalopathy, all right? So now we know uh, we know what it is. We know the clinical signs. We know the diagnosis. We know what happens if you don't treat it. So let's look at the nursing interventions. We also studied the treatment too. But what also I'm trying to say here is that it doesn't take long to review content. It doesn't take long to review content. Okay. So our nursing interventions for us, what are we supposed to do? Record the type of fluorescent light. Okay. The total number of hours since the bulb was replaced and measure the distance between the lamp surface and the child. Measure the distance between the lamp surface and the child. Use a, phot a photometer, okay, which determines the amount of photon energy in the fluorescent bulbs, whether it's white or blue light. For a male infant, cover the penis and testes. That's very important. It's the same for the, um, for the female too. The female all the babies should have a diaper on, okay? The penis and testes for the male, the ovaries for the female too, okay? All right. 
Apply patches to closed eyes. Check check eyes every two hours when the patches are removed for feeding. All right, regularly check the placement. So we are checking the baby. We are moving them every two hours. We are removing those patches. We are using sterile or regular saline to wash the baby's eyes. You don't have to put any kind of solutions or substances other than regular saline water, or sterile water for the baby's eyes. Changing the positions every two hours. After each passage of stool, okay, um, wash the perianal area gently and check the skin for any rashes or skin breakdown. Okay, we want to take care of our babies. Here are the questions. Oh, okay, we got to do our shares, um, our share goals. So typically how this works is there's going to be four questions. If we reach a current number of likes on the YouTube video, we get the bonus question that's going to roll out for us. So here's our first question. I'm going to give you that number in a second. Here's the first question. Question is this. The nurse monitors a two-year-old newborn with yellow skin discoloration, okay? The sclera, skin, yellow, due to maternal and child RH incompatibility. What condition occurs when antibodies in a pregnant woman's blood attack fetal cells? Number one, sickle cell anemia. Two, rhesus disease. Three, respiratory distress syndrome. Four, acute bilirubin encephalopathy. Ah, okay. I see a lot of twos on the screen. Good job, everybody. We are all on one accord. And let me just say this. There's already 102 people, okay? 102 people that have liked the video. There's 400 people on YouTube watching right now. We just got to get to 200. If we can get to 200, we're going to unlock that bonus question. So YouTube, let's go. All right. You guys were right. Rhesus disease. But again, rhesus disease is something that we covered in today's lecture. All right. It was a direct correlation. And I didn't tell you guys every little detail because I wanted to challenge you with the questions. But in the case of rhesus disease, a pregnant woman's blood carries antibodies that destroy the blood cells of the unborn child. And so although the mother is unaffected by rhesus illness, the child may become anemic and experience neonatal jaundice. So that jaundice would be from anemia because the red blood cells are being broken down. Make sense? All right, let's look at question number two. It's on you. Here it is. High bilirubin levels can cause brain damage called kernicturus. Which of the following conditions could result from kernicturus? Number one, blurry of vision. Two, partial loss of smell. Three, hearing loss. Four, loss of appetite. Ah, <laughs> were you guys paying attention? Because I definitely said this. I talked about kernicturus. I read it and I just want to know if you guys were paying attention. Were you taking notes for your quick facts? Correct answer. I see some twos. I see some threes. Correct answer is three hearing loss, high blood bilirubin levels in a newborn can cause a type of brain damage called kernicturus. It may result in, I said, hearing loss. And then I said, athoid 
Cerebral palsy. So those were the two. Conicturus can be avoided with early jaundice diagnosis and treatment. Great job. Okay. Paying attention. And just to note, we got up to 160 in like one question. So we only need 40 more likes on YouTube to get to unlocking our question. Question number three, here it is. The nurse monitors an infant on phototherapy second to neonatal jaundice. Which of the following is an appropriate nursing action regarding phototherapy? Number one, clean the eyes with tap water. Two, reposition every two hours. Three, put a blanket on the infant's skin. Four, put the baby 10 inches from the lamp. Very important points, very important points to know. Come on and if this is your first time joining us here, we are talking about the appropriate nursing action regarding phototherapy, okay? The correct answer here is number two. It is number two, repositioning the baby every two hours. Change position every two hours to ensure that all skin surfaces are equally exposed to the fluorescent light. Okay, yep. Eliminate excessive exposure of certain body parts and restrict pressure points. Now, I want to go to quick facts and I want to also just read some of the other points that I have in the book about it. For those of you who don't have it, hyperbilirubinemia is here. Okay, so in addition to that, somebody did say um, breastfeeding should be increased or feedings also should be increased because this is going to encourage the excretion of the bilirubin. Um, another reason why bilirubin builds up is because newborns are not producing stool all that much. You guys know in the first couple days, this is page 40, first couple days, a newborn is barely putting out any stool. So the more you feed them, the more likely that that excretion is going to happen. Okay. Um, so also phototherapy. So breastfeedings or increased feedings. Another thing that I wanted to say is that 18 inches from the light. I put there 10, but it should be 18 inches from the light. Wearing a diaper only. Remember the prolonged exposure. We talk about covering the baby's eyes. Prolonged exposure can damage the retina. So the newborn's eye should also be covered. What else? Okay, that's it. The rest of it, reading in quick facts. This is also in the five-star quick facts too. This was a very important topic. So you absolutely should be studying if you have the five star or the next gen version, it'll be in here. Next gen has a little bit more detail. Okay. All right. Next question is this. The nurse monitors a three-year-old newborn with neonatal jaundice. Jaundice. I just, sorry about that. It's just, it's just neonatal jaundice. Which of the following procedure removes excess bilirubin in infant's blood? All right, so number one, is it plasma transfusion? Two, cryo-depleted transfusion? Three, exchange transfusion? Or four, 
platelet-rich plasma. And I know you guys are going to get this one because we specifically went over it with content. So just to make sure you were paying attention, <laughs> the answer is number... The answer is exchange transfusion. Exchange transfusion. Okay. So exchange trans transfusion is a potentially life-saving therapy to treat jaundice or blood altercations caused by illness. The process entails gradually withdrawing and replacing the client's blood with plasma or new donor blood. All right. Okay, so I'm looking at our numbers and technically we did not get to 200, okay? All right, we didn't get to we didn't get to the the 200. So I'm stalling for like 30 seconds to give 13 more people the opportunity to like the video so we can do the final question. So just go. And I'm just going to talk about one more time again, Remar Nurse University. Remar Nurse University is happening next Monday night. So you guys will see me during Monday motivation at noon, and then we will be starting at 8 p.m. Monday night. The session should last about an hour or so, give or take a couple minutes, okay? The workbook and the schedule is already out. So if you signed up for this, oh, glory, let me see if I can find, um, I want to post the website. But anyways, somebody post the website. If you signed up for this, then you already have the schedule, okay, 8 p.m. every Monday from next Monday to June 26th every Monday. This is a free review course. Whew. This is what we'll be doing. You'll be getting report every night. This is the workbook. These are pages from the workbook, okay? Your next-gen NCLEX activity, this is your first patient. You're going to take a report, and then we're going to do questions based off of this. So I may ask you, okay, looking at your patient's list right here, looking at the list, what kind of diagnosis am I expecting my patient to have? If you have a patient on amylodipine, right? If you have a patient on um, lisinopril, calcium chloride, these are the types of questions we will be going over, all right? This is my next-gen review. I don't know how, you know, I don't know how y'all been studying, but y'all need to get with this for R and U. All right, because this is how this is what nursing is like. When you are um, coming onto a shift, that is what you will be looking at to determine how well your patient will be there. So I like it. Make sure that you are there. Regla says, I'll be there. I will be there. Okay. Amazing. Okay. Did I stall long enough for this with R and U? And somebody said, yes, you did. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's get back into it. Here is the question. Uh, we left off here. Whew. All right. Oh, one more thing. RNU workbook is coming Wednesday. Okay. Wednesday. How do you say Wednesday in Spanish? Somebody. I don't know. I don't know. Miracles. Is that right? All right. Here we go. Question number five. All right, here we go. Question number five was this, we did that. Okay, bonus question, we did unlock it. Here it is. A three-day-old newborn with rhesus disease is under observation at the NICU for increased level of bilirubin. Which of the following factors are related to hyperbilirubinemia? Select two that apply, okay? Um, number one, increased production of red blood cells. Two, prolonged labor during birth. Three, 
cesarean section delivery. Four, rapid destruction of red blood cells. Five, anesthesia side effects. All right, I'm telling you guys, if you did the content review of neonatal jaundice with me today, you are good for NCLEX. You do that content review, you read that subject in quick facts, you will be able to answer and understand any question that you get on NCLEX, all right? Some of y'all need to be praying that you get these questions on your NCLEX exam because you know it, you know it, you know it. For next-gen NCLEX, you absolutely do get partial credit. You do get partial credit, okay? I actually love these questions on NCLEX because it tells you how many. Select all that apply is so vague. It's like, is it one? Is it all of them? The agony. I like select two, select four, select three. Is it, is it only me? I love these type of questions because it's telling you right off the bat. Is two of these that are right. Just pick them out, okay? Correct answers here are going to be one and four. I... <laughs> Increased production of red blood cells, rapid destruction of red blood cells. So if the baby has RH disease, hemolytic disease of the newborn caused by having a different blood type of the mother, he or she may develop this type of jaundice. This problem can also result from excessive red blood cells or rare conditions that make red blood cells more fragile than usual. The process by which red blood cells can break down and release Bilirubin is known as hemolysis. Man, the content today was banging. I loved it. I loved it. We had a mix of the slides and quick facts. And so that was the winning combination. Five out of five. Five out of five. Five out of five is what everybody should have got for this. Easy peasy. Does NextGen ask to select all that apply or do they ask to select three that apply? Great question. I love this name, Neil Laney. Oh, I said that right. That's really pretty. Um, you can get both. Next gen, the, the question types have expanded. 14 new next gen question types. One of them is considered select all that apply. The next one is considered a select the number that apply. And they will give you that number. They will give you that number. And the great thing is both of those types are partial credit. Really, both of those types are partial credit. So great question. Thank you so much. Okay, we're gonna move into we're gonna move into our Monday motivation. We're gonna move into questions about next gen, questions about V2, whatever you have is podge podge at the end of this. So here is our Monday motivation for you that are new here. We do this. The taste of success. Okay, the taste of success. And I just have this question because I really want to know. Is there anybody among us that are cookers, right? Or, and not even just like cookers, like where you cook all the time, but you like literally have a passion for cooking. You cook for your family. You like to try out new recipes or you just have your one favorite dish that everybody knows you are bringing the potato salad to the dinner. Like they know that you're bringing the banana pudding. You're bringing the cheese and broccoli casserole. <laughs> I love it. Oh, oh, I do. I do. Yes, it's me. It's me. I'm bringing the green beans. Everybody know my macaroni and cheese is slamming like, oh, it's you. It's you. It's you. 
I love that. Okay, y'all putting y'all dishes up here. <laughs> oh man, that's so awesome. What is the dish? Oh, my mom would love you. She loves this stuff, especially when we go to Jamaica. Wherever we go, my mom is chasing oxtail. It's so funny. I do papusas. What? What's that? What is that? Lasagna, rasta, pasta. I do love cooking. You the fig salad. See, I need to have what? What? I need to have a remar. We need to have a remar nurse meetup, and everybody just bring their favorite dish. I'm just. I'm gonna rent out a convention hall. And I'm just going to fly out all of the Remar nurses that just want to come to the city. We're just coming to eat. We're just coming to eat. I'm not doing an NCLEX review. I'm just coming to eat. Okay. I love it. Love it. And the beautiful thing is that the Remar nurse community, I'm, I'm really loving all these comments. The, the Remar nurse community is international. So I... Don't even know what kind of food. It's just like, ah, whatever your dish is, represent your country, okay? I guess I got to bring apple pie from the U.S. I don't know. We don't really, do we really have a food here in the U.S.? I guess we do, soul food. But I need my Colombians, my Salvadorians. Yes, I need y'all to represent my Nigerians. Look at Mark's face. It's so funny. He just popped in. We love the food. We love the food. So, Okay, because I could do this all day. I don't, the roti, is that, that's Jamaican, right? What? It's so much. Haitian food, Ethiopian food. <laughs> yes, Regina, do it, do it. All right, but y'all hyping me up. And then I see y'all hyping me up and y'all might not even come. All right, I'm gonna be really mad. I'm gonna have a plate ready and everything. Okay, so as you guys were continuing to put your dishes down and I'm looking at them because I'm learning some stuff. I, the, the question that I wanted to ask is that, have you ever started to cook something like your favorite dish and forgot a very important ingredient, a very important ingredient? Has that ever happened to you where you're like in the middle of cooking and you just are like, hey, ugh, I forgot, like I forgot this. Somebody says no. No, it never happens to me. Am I the only one where it's like you get ready to make the macaroni and cheese and you, I don't have the, the carnation milk or I need it to get the butter and I don't have it. Mm. Now y'all just representing y'all countries. Now y'all not even putting the food. Y'all just representing the countries. <laughs> um, but no, so that is, that is an experience. That's an experience where you are trying to prepare something and you find out that you are missing the ingredient. Then what do you do? Okay. What's your immediate response when you go to cook and you've missed an ingredient? Do you just like, oh, I got to go. I got to keep on going without it. It's not going to have the same, but I got to keep on going. Or do you say, hey, I need to consider doing something different or I just need to stop because I can't make it without this. Like it won't hit the same if I don't have what I am missing. And I think I'm the person that's just like, I got to stop. I got to, I got to ask my husband. Yes, this is me. You got to go get the, you got to go get the, get the Italian dressing or the, the vanilla 
or whatever, especially if it's the main, it's the main thing. But every little thing is the main thing, right? Every little thing is the main thing. So for me, what I wanted to bring to you guys' attention was just this, okay? Um, in, in our journey of life, just like with any recipe, success requires its own essential set of ingredients, all right? It's success. We want to be successful, and this is Monday Motivation. So we want to be successful in our lives. There are certain things that we have to have on the table. There are certain things we have to have in the mixing bowl. And for me, what I realized that I, I struggle in the area sometimes is faith, especially when the job is big, when the task is big. Sometimes it's easy to doubt and this is what my Monday motivation was on TikTok, it's easy to doubt what God has promised because it seems so big. The task seems so big, right? And so you can try to move forward without all the ingredients. You 100% can try to do the work on your own, especially if you're studying for NCLEX. You can try to sit down, even if you have the right products, like even if you have the Quick Facts book and you're sitting down and you're studying and you are going through the motions, if you don't have all of the ingredients, like if you don't have the faith component, God cannot do for you what he wants to do because you don't believe. If you do not have the faith, God cannot work miracles. You know, in the Bible, it talks about Jesus not being able to do miracles in certain towns because the people did not believe. And to me, that's so, man, that's so heartbreaking. It's so heartbreaking because it's like we, we get in our own way sometimes. We try to move forward without knowing, without taking an evaluation, do I have everything to get this done? And that can show up in so many ways, guys. That can show up in so many ways. Especially if we're working on our own strength, okay? Especially if we are working on our own strength and we're, we're evaluating ourselves in the moment and we're like, I don't have it all to get it done. I don't know enough. I don't have everything I need to 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 get over this challenge that's coming up in three months okay but we really have to remember that all we are supposed to be asking for is our daily bread the faith we need to have is just to get us through today like our faith has to get us through today can we do what we set out to do this monday Tuesday, tomorrow will have its own worries, right? Tomorrow will come with a whole new set of challenges, but sufficient are the worries of today. Do we have the ingredients that we need to get through today? Because we can get caught up, we can get depressed, we can get discouraged thinking about, am I ever going to get where I need to go? Am I ever going to do it, you know? And so what I realized is that I literally have to take it one day at a time. I literally have to dominate this day. All right. I need enough faith, Lord, for today. I need my daily bread. Jesus says we just supposed to be asking for give us this day our daily bread because that's all we can really handle anyways. 
And so when we try to take today's bread and yesterday's bread and, and Tuesday's bread and Saturday's bread, it's too much for us. And that's when our faith starts to waver. So we need to have the ingredients, okay? And all the ingredients for success, okay? Um, so I have here some um, that you could be thinking of too. Ambition, which is a strong desire to achieve one's goals. Perseverance, the ability to persist through the challenges and setbacks and obstacles without giving up. That's part of it. OK, it's not that those challenges and obstacles are not going to come. They're absolutely coming. They're absolutely coming. The challenges are absolutely going to come. It's just not giving up. And I just want to speak to somebody's marriage right now, because um, in our marriages, we think that um, once we once we have one hurdle, one challenge, then we're going to be straight. But then another challenge comes and you have to decide that no matter what you and your partner, you and your husband, you and your wife are going to persist through that challenge together, the perseverance of that, all right? Passion, a deep enthusiasm and love for what somebody or what you do, okay? You have to have a passion for it. Passion for nursing. That passion for nursing got you up to go to those clinicals when you were in nursing school at 5 a.m., that passion for nursing is going to help you stay into the, oh goodness, help you stay into the profession. Nursing is so hard, right? But if you have a passion for it, you will get up ready to go, all right? Can't do it without hard work. Can't do it without hard work. And that's a diligent effort and strong work ethic, okay? Continuous learning, that is an ingredient for success, even now, even today, I learned what from you guys. We were talking about different types of food. I didn't even know that you guys were cooking up some food. All right. We have to be able to submit ourselves to an instructor. We have to be able to be willing to have a teacher. All right. During our lives, you never really graduate. You never really graduate. That is an illusion that you think that once I pass NCLEX, I know it all. I'm ready for I'm ready for nursing. Once you pass NCLEX, guess what? Another door is going to unlock. And once you open up that door, all types of stuff is going to start jumping out at you. New medications, digital charting, new equipment. It's going to be like a circus of stuff that you just don't know about nursing until after you pass this challenge. So always be willing to learn, continuous learning resilience. Some of you guys are so resilient. You have already bounced back from failures, from um, mindsets of uh, poverty, depression, and none of those things stopped you. So you definitely have the resilience. But the focus, some may be lacking the focus. And this week, write it down. Write the things that you have to do today. We're focusing on our daily bread. And one of the things I love to do in my on my cell phone is open up the notes app and write down the things that I need to do today. Whew. I write down 10 things. No, I write down 10 things and then I, I get down to five. That's what happens. If I write down 10 things, I know I'm probably only going to do five of those things. So what are my top five? That's focus, right? Discipline. I don't have to say nothing about discipline. If you guys showed up here 
you understand discipline. It takes discipline. Many people should be here that are not here, but you guys are disciplined enough to know that this is important to me. I'm learning. I'm being changed. I am growing. Positive mindset. Have to have it. Have to have it. If you go into that NCLEX room and you're already doubting yourself, you're already worried about if I get this topic or if they ask me this, you're already taking yourself out of the game. Okay? You already quit. If you go in there thinking you can't pass, if you think you can't pass, then they definitely going to think you can't pass, right? <laughs> if you don't believe in yourself, then nobody going to believe in yourself. That's why I call myself the number one NCLEX instructor on the planet. Nobody else has to say it but me. I'm the one that is believing in me primarily, right? And so um, some of that, you know, some of that positive mindset will get you a lot further. And supportive network. This is it. The Remar Nurse family is the most, oh my goodness, I don't even know. Like people, y'all, y'all have no idea. People love y'all. People love the mentality. People love the positivity. People love the community that we have here. When people graduate and say, I'm a Remar nurse, that just blows people's mind because Remar nurse means something to that individual for them to say it. I never pay anybody to say I'm a Remar nurse. Like I never have to do that. Right. And it's just, it's just you guys taking hold of a positive mindset in a shared community and an experience. And at the end of it saying, I'm one of them. I'm one of them. Nursing is the most comforting job in my life. When you go to bed, you feel that piece of having helped somebody. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, it's been a while. Regina is the best NCLEX instructor on earth. She helped me pass in 2020 and now am RN, finished my BSN. And thus far, I will start the FNP DMP program. Amazing. At my local university. Oh my goodness. I can't even believe I'm reading this. She encouraged me to obtain my BSN right away and not wait years. Many nurses will say you don't need a BSN. A license is enough. Yes, a license is required to practice. But if you have bigger goals, don't hesitate to reach for higher education. Thank you, Regina and Mark, for inspiring me to do better. Oh, y'all gonna make me cry today. That is such a testimony. Mm. Haven't seen your name in a long time. So you coming in to check in and let me know that you're doing really well. It really means a lot to me. I really appreciate y'all. I really do. Um, y'all just um, encourage me so much. Y'all encourage me so much. Thank you. Thank you for coming back. April says, April says, I took my exam last Friday and I passed with 85 questions, LPN. Congratulations, April. Let me know what state you are representing. Let me know what state you're representing. I love my LPNs. Y'all know that I have really been 
on a mission to just speak to LPNs, encourage LPNs, and, and, and let you guys know sometimes that you may not feel like um, you get a lot of uh, acknowledgement or attention and everything seems like it's geared towards the RN, but that's not true. Like, I really know the difference that LPNs make to families, like, Families in the nursing um, or retirement communities, like it's LPNs that are running those institutions. It's LPNs that are running home health um, staffing agencies. It's LPNs that are, are running nursing home care. Like, so you guys are so incredible, incredible to the profession that I just want y'all to know that LPNs are doing it. LPNs, LVNs. Jump in here and get that. Get that part of the, the, the puzzle. All right. If you want to be a nurse, there's nothing wrong with starting off with the LPN. I'm telling you, get in, get, get in, get in, get in. Okay. All right. Um, where are we at now? All right. Um, just finishing my ah LPN here. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> All right, um, we're gonna get back on track now. But now I have I have generations of Remar nurses coming up. I'm a proud Remar LVN 2019 RN pinning in 25 days and will be a Remar RN in 2023. Amazing! What? Yes! Yes! Oh my goodness! So proud of you! I'm so proud of you! What? All right. Okay. Okay. We're going to transition. Was that it? Was that all I had? Oh my goodness. You guys, you are too much today. Here's my final slide. Here it is. May we always be mindful. May we always be mindful not to overlook any essential ingredients in life that leads us towards success. Yay. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, uh, that is, that is the goal. That is the goal. Okay. We're going to transition because now I have a ton of, I have a lot of questions about next-gen NCLEX. So I want to address that now. Okay. Okay. Um, so the question is this. Do you really not have to memorize lab values anymore for all NCLEX questions or is it only for next-gen type case study questions? That's a beautiful question. So according to the writers of the board exam, they say that anytime a laboratory value is presented, it will be accompanied with a laboratory range. Now, that is in case studies or apart from case studies. Does that make sense? However, if an NCLEX question is specifically about an electrolyte imbalance, it may not include a normal range. For example, if you're getting a question about a patient with hypocalcemia, so the patient is admitted and they have hypocalcemia, what is the expected treatment? The board doesn't have to give you the range for hypocalcemia because it told you the calcium level is low. So now we have to shift our minds away from just memorizing laboratory values to understanding, understanding how 
those electrolyte imbalances affect our patient clinically, okay? Now, a really quick way to remediate and make sure you have um, that type of skill down is stuff like this. Remar Nurse University, we're going to be going over patients and their labs and their medications. This is part of the workbook. Get in here. Sign up for it. I'll put the link in the video, okay, next Monday. All right. Um, and so a, a lot of things, let me say this. How many questions do they ask? Uh, how many case study questions do they have? ask? You can have, thank you for that question. Um, for next-gen NCLEX, you can have up to six case studies six case studies. And a case study is a set of one patient, um, one patient scenario with six questions attached to that one patient scenario. Does your question bank have partial credit? Yes, it does. Um, and so you can get up to six of those. Now, I know nursing students are saying on NextGen NCLEX, I got 30 case studies. They don't all get 30 case studies. What they're getting is an exhibit that looks like this, right? Something like this. And then it has patient information that you're asking about, about that specific exhibit or chart. Okay. That's not considered a case study, but it is definitely new. Okay. I'm trying to get nursing students during this process to avoid making these mistakes. These are the top five mistakes that the reason why I'm doing V2, the reason why I am trying to get you guys to take my review course is because I see you, I see you making these. And if you're, if you're new to Remar, this, this is my hobby horse right here. Studying with questions only. When you are just studying with questions apart from the content, what is happening is that you're not getting a clear picture of what your responsibilities are as a nurse because you are only isolating random specific instances and so it takes you so much longer to see the big picture okay not watching content lectures you know you know that in nursing school you needed to go to class and when you didn't go to class you did poor on the exam you know that you need things explained to you you need audio visual you need somebody saying A is A and B is B, or the liver is responsible for getting really rid of bilirubin. You need to hear somebody say that. And so when we just are purchasing books for NCLEX, purchasing question banks, not doing content lectures, we end up wasting a lot of time buying more NCLEX review materials because we're insecure. Okay. And then we still at the end of it are not really understanding how everything ties in together. Okay. Studying without a plan. Studying without a plan. Any, any kind of curriculum that you are doing to prepare for NCLEX needs to come with this. It's a simple, it's a daily study schedule. It don't have to be complicated. When you sit down and study for NCLEX, you need to have a schedule of what you're doing. This is what mine's look like. So every session, you know what you're watching, what you're reading, what you're answering. Okay. 
Per perfect. If you got the Quick Facts book, if you got the Quick Facts book, you got half of my program. You already got half of my program. All right. The other half of my program is this workbook, okay, and my online lectures. You halfway there. I'm talking about the things that you need to do to cover your basis, okay? Studying without a plan. You need to have a plan when you sit down and study. Studying too many hours. Nobody should be studying more than three hours a day, okay? Three hours a day. So studying with three hours a day, you could be doing content lectures. You should be doing quick facts book some of that time. You should be doing question bank some of that time. It's possible. And the whole reason for that is that you're able to make focused progress. You're able to do a study session, okay? You do a study session, you check it off, you move on with the rest of your life. That's it. And then the next day when you sit down, you do a study session, you check it off, you move on with the rest of your life. The idea is that um, at the end of it, this is a four-week program, but if you actually have a study plan, you can get through my program in three weeks, two weeks. It's just because people have focus and direction. That's it. That's the only difference. Okay? Um, and so that is part of, that's part of your, that's part of your training. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, and then no accountability. Having accountability is, having accountability is everything. It's very important too, because guess what? When you have accountability, when you have accountability, then you're able to say, okay, I'm ready to move on to learn more information. I've proven that I know this information. And so that's why some of the things that I, um, I stress to you guys is doing questions after the content. That makes a big difference, doing questions after the content. So the B2 that I have, I call it a better NCLEX review, but it's the four-week training system. It's going to have your content lectures, your next-gen question bank, quick facts for NCLEX, and a computer adaptive test. These are the four things that I include in my program, and I think they are essential. They are essential for learning content in a comprehensive way. All right. And the lectures, what a lot of you guys have is my quick facts book, but you don't have my lectures. Okay. There are certain things in the lectures that I don't put in the quick facts book because you need to hear them. You need to understand the principles of them. So expected changes during aging is one. Okay. Prioritization. Safety and infection control. These are all topics that nursing students struggle with in a book because there's layers of there's layers of situations. There's different um, uh, there's different roles that nurses you know interact with. Are you a registered nurse delegating to the practical nurse? Are you a registered nurse delegating to the um, nurse's aide? Right, and so. I don't want to just put that in a quick facts book because there is an expansion of understanding that's required. Um, and so if you have my lectures, I'm trying to tell you, easy to understand. Most of my lectures are 20 minutes or less. You guys know how I teach. I don't waste time. The goal is for you to get the information and get out. It comes with the downloadable workbook. So like this is the workbook that goes along with my lectures. The reason why this workbook is 
a part of the lectures is because while I'm teaching, you're, you're actually taking notes, okay? You're actually taking notes, okay? Test plan only information, okay? So I'm trying to avoid you guys having to repeat things that are not gonna be on the exam. All right, question bank. Yes, next-gen question bank is an important part of my course. I like the next-gen question bank, but I never would prioritize it over the content lectures. I also would probably never sell um, one without the other. So when you get the content lectures, the question bank for next-gen is included, all right? And uh, when you get the V2 program, the this workbook right here is going to be in the file vault. But again, this workbook right here is going to be empty. This workbook right here is empty until you watch the content lectures and fill it out. So that's part of the program, okay? Next-gen question types, we have them all. We have um, partial credit. We have the case studies, the multiple matrix, the single choice matrix. These are important for you to do before you actually take the exam. I, I believe that when you do them at home, okay, by the time you take your NCLEX exam, you're going to be familiar with how they work. It won't be so scary to you. You will have practiced it. That's all that the question bank does is it allows you to evaluate yourself. The lectures teach you. The questions help you to evaluate yourself, okay? You can do it. You can do it. But you want to have the resources that you need to cover your basis. And I wanted to explain to you guys, I know a lot of you guys have this quick facts book, but you don't have the lectures, which is very, very important. Okay. So V2 is the lectures plus the quick facts, two of my amazing resources that are combined together for a comprehensive NCLEX review. Okay. Yep. So V2 plus quick facts. That's my program. That's my program. Um, and then the computer adaptive test is something that we uh, just recently released. It is a five-hour exam that is included in V2. And what I'm showing you here is the printout that you get after you take the computer adaptive exam in V2. Now, I don't suggest you take the computer adaptive exam until you've done all of the content lectures, you feel like you've studied the study schedule, you've completed it, and you have quick facts memorized that is going to be your process before the computer adaptive test. But this is an amazing resource to help you practice before your actual exam. It's a five hour test. It took me four hours to do. So it's going to challenge you. It is going to challenge you. But again, it is just to make sure that when you get to your NCLEX exam, you're competent, meaning you are competent in the science and art of nursing and that you are also comfortable in, in, ex in expressing that knowledge. You are comfortable in making sure that, hey, when people ask you questions, you don't freeze up. Your mind doesn't go blank because you're being asked a challenging question. You actually know what that feels like and you're okay with it, okay? <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. All right. So that's V2. Choice is simple. Get it, get in it, get it done. That's it. Get in it, get it done. It's an $89 program. You get everything that you need in one program for $89. And if you already have this book, the price drops down to $69 because you just subtract it from the package. You already have it. Okay. Definitely, if you're a PN, get into my V2.
If you're a PN, get into my PN. If you're an RN, get into the RN program. Okay. There is, there's an easy way to do it and there's a hard way when it comes to NCLEX, I swear. <laughs> there's an easy way to do it and there's a hard way to do it. Um, if you have the V2 program, it's a four-week program. Okay. It's a four-week program, but you have three months access into the program. So Cynthia says, I'm in the RNV2. Perfect. Perfect. Yes, yes, yes. So when you get this program, you have more time. You have so much more time than you really need to finish it. You could do it, you know, you could do it two times, three times over if you have three months access to it. You also don't have to start V2 right away. If you purchase V2, you can delay your subscription for up to 90 days. So May, June, July, you don't have to get started. You don't have to get started right away. And everything that is in V2 um, now, anything during your course that I upload to V2 will be right to you. Um, I am looking forward to Remar Nurse University. I'm looking forward to, uh, I'll be probably putting the workbook in, in the V2 um, file vault for you guys so that you guys can have it first. Um, any new things that I'm working on, I'm just going to upload them to V2 so that you guys can um, have access to them. Like I said, if you already have the Quick Facts book, the lectures that are in V2, psh, they're just there waiting for you to learn more. All right. This book does not have my information on um, diabetes insipidus, um, SIADH. It doesn't have arterial blood gases in it. Those are actually principles that I need to explain to you. All right. Somebody says, I'm starting my V2 calendar tonight. Amazing. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. Good job. All right. Um, go to remarnurse.com. That's it. Yes. All right. Um, but like there are certain things that are not in quick facts because they're not quick facts. They're actually lectured structured content. So pediatric overview, um, basic care and comfort principles, disaster management, prioritization. Y'all, y'all got to get the rest of the program. Okay, it's going to make such a big difference for you. It, it's going to make such a big difference. And so if you've been watching me on YouTube and you kind of, and I'm going to be talking about this because the price is really good for V2. And I know we have been, you know, going back and forth about when we're going to change it. And I know that change is coming soon. So I'm going to be talking, telling you guys, $89 for three months, $89 for three months, content lectures, the rest of it. All right. Um, but again, everything that I have prepared is for you to get that license. That's it. Especially, you know, registered nursing NCLEX is challenging. Practical nursing NCLEX is even more challenging. Well, what, um, separates, what separates how you feel is literally your content knowledge. And I love what happens in nursing school because it grows you as a person it grows you as a professional but your state board exams are looking for specific facts that you are to have mastered they're looking for specific facts that based on the research all new nurse graduates are supposed to know and nursing school is not always on that 
there, there are many things that need to be, there are many, many things that need to be reviewed, okay? So it's a preparation process. V2 is structured, it has accountability, it has the question bank, but one of the most important things about it is that it will help take you from, uh, I'm not sure, to I'm ready to go, okay? I'm not sure, to I'm ready to go. So um, get into those lectures because it'll it'll help, help cut your studying time in half, okay? So if you're somebody that, and, and it might not be for everybody, I'm gonna say this specifically, V2 is for the audio visual learners. All of the, look, all of this, the, 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 the patience, the text on the screen, me talking is for the audio visual learner. Okay. And so if you like video interaction, then this is the program for you. If you like, uh, writing, if, if that's a requirement and it helps you learn, that's how I actually learn. That's why the workbook is in the file vault for people that need to write things down, okay? Those are the components. But if you're a reader uh, or, or something else, then maybe you might like something different. That's what um, somebody says. If I have quick facts, sh should I need to get V2? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, and let me say this. If you have quick facts, if you have this book, you are on your way to preparing for NCLEX, but there are still a lot of topics that you're going to have to be responsible for understanding and mastering. Okay. So in this book right here, in this book is where I go over um, the topics that are on the study guide, right? So let me see if I can study that. So these are the videos that you have to watch in V2, okay? So the concepts that you will still have to know, if you only have this book right here, then you still have to be responsible for pregnancy, normal and high-risk newborn, infant heart defects, pediatric developmental milestones, age-specific nursing care, expected changes in aging, diets, basic care and comfort, orthopedics, medication administration, antibiotics, um, intravenous therapy, TPN, pain management, therapeutic communication, psychological concepts, psychiatric medications, ECG overview, isolation. And so what I'm saying is that you, you're going to learn a lot of content in here. But all of this other stuff that I go over in the actual V2, you still have to be responsible for knowing in order to have your basis covered. So however you source that information is up to you. What I'm saying is that you already have half of my program with it. So get the video content. And the video content is there waiting for you to get started. It's not something you have to wait for Um it's something that you can actually start doing. So quick facts complements the V2. Absolutely. Yeah. Quick facts is it's not the entire program. It's not Remar. It's a compliment to the lectures. Thank you so much. All right. Okay. So again, if you just have quick facts, you still want to source the content lectures. Okay. You still want to source that from somewhere. If you don't choose V2, 
you still need to understand those principles. You should be able to do blood gas interpretations very quickly, very easily. The NCLEX exam is not going to give you partially compensated or uncompensated, but you have to be able to know how to do the basic blood gas interpretation. You need to be able to differentiate between anticipated medications, adverse effects, like all, all those things, prioritization. You have to know who to go to see first. You have to know who to discharge first, okay? The content lectures in the V2 are on demand, meaning that you study them. When you get the schedule, you can study it at your own discretion. This is a four-week program. People do this program in two weeks. I don't know. People do this program in three weeks. Why? Because they have a structure and they just make it their own. I'm telling y'all, go get in V2, start watching the lectures. And then when you come here on Mondays and when you come here on Wednesdays, that's all supplemental. That's all reinforcing your discipline that you're already doing. Okay. All right. So that is what I wanted to say to you guys about V2 and also avoiding the mistakes, the, the common mistakes. And I'm really serious because this is graduation season and a lot of you guys are, you know, giving NCLEX a go. You may have graduated a couple years ago, but every graduation season you get motivated to take the exam. Avoid the mistakes. Avoid the mistakes, okay? Um, studying with just questions only. Mistake mistake okay mistake not watching content lectures you should be doing content somebody should be explaining to you the important principles of nursing as a new graduate you don't know and it's okay you're not expected to know you you've never had floor experience right that's what NCLEX assumes about everybody that takes it this is not a test for practicing nurses. This is a test for new graduates with no experience. That's why sometimes um, people who were LPNs trying to take the RN exam, they would struggle because they knew what it was like to be on the floor and what it's like in real life. Um, but if you're a practical nurse or registered nurse, you need to get V2. You need to get those content lectures. All right. Um, studying without a plan. You should be sitting down. Every time you sit down, you should know when you're starting, when you're stopping. And um, that's just it. Right. Studying too many hours, no accountability. All right. Studying too many hours, studying, no accountability. And um, the difference for RN and PN is really going to be in in the question portion, because I like to prepare my PNs like I do my RNs. I think from what I've noticed is that there is a misconception. And what I'm talking about is, I'm talking about this program right here. I keep the prices the same for RN and PN. I don't you know, try to differentiate really too much because honestly, the accountability the education, when you sit down as a PN, there is this misconception that you don't have to know certain stuff, right? And I think nursing schools kind of use that to advantage in the classroom. Sometimes when I'm doing an NCLEX review, an instructor will come in and say, well, we didn't teach that because you don't have to use that. And 
in um in nursing like you won't do ekgs and it's like okay but is this gonna be on my board exam okay do i need to know about these medications for my nursing license and the answer is yes you do and so I prepare my PNs very much like my RNs because you do do teaching. A lot of practical nurses feel like they don't do teaching. You absolutely do. You do follow-up teaching. You do follow-up teaching. So you have to understand the principles of medication administration, the principles of diagnostic procedures. There is not really much that a practical nurse doesn't have to know. Because you have to know it to be able to say, oh, let me give this to the RN. This is out of my scope of practice, but this is the RN that can do this, okay? And so when, I am, um, when I'm instructing you on a PN level, you in, in my content lectures, I'm going to say, this is what the registered nurse does. Write it down so that you know it, right? But in the PN, um, in the question bank, you'll see PN questions. Does that make sense? Um, can I start the content lectures and wait to start the question bank? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. The, you'll get both. Both will unlock at the same time. You do not have to go into the question bank portion at all. You don't have to go into there until you're ready. But you should do the NCLEX, um, the NCLEX review. And then I also have the 30-day challenge. The 30-day challenge videos are also going to be in your v2 loaded up as well um thank you for the lecture today it was fun facebook facebook okay let me get on facebook can i use the v2 for lpn yes you can use the v2 for lpn um there's one for lpn and then there's one for rn okay there's one for lpn and those so make sure you get you get into the one you're supposed to be in okay all right um is the content review live? No, the content review is not live in the V2. It's already there for you. It's already pre-populated. Okay. What else do you have? If you have something specific about your um, about your specific account, please email me support at remarreview.com. Okay. Um, I got the V2 and quick facts. Where do I get the booklet for Monday night's classes? That's coming. That's coming on Wednesday and you need to sign up, sign up for it. Or if you know what, if you have the V2, actually, if you have the V2, I'll put Remarners University in the file vault. Okay. So I will put that in the file vault for you to, um, for you to print out. Is that okay? Okay. And I'll let you guys know. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you so much. I'm going to get out of here today. I wanted to thank you for attending neonatal uh, jaundice with me and studying that concept with me. And again, you got half the program. Most of y'all got half of this program already. I see it. I see it. I see it. And so I want you to get into the content lectures so that you can have all your bases covered. I will see you guys on Wednesday. On Wednesday, I'll come back live again and we will do our winning Wednesday topic. I'm not sure what it's going to be just yet, but it's going to be content-based and good. So have a blessed day, everybody. Remember the ingredients for success for today and just asking for our daily bread. That's it. That's it. We just want our daily bread today and we will have faith that tomorrow we'll get a new portion of grace. And I will see you guys uh, on Wednesday 
Bye-bye.